on. Greg, Craig is losing its mind. Hey, can you hear me still? Bo. No. Huh? Okay. Only 12 minutes in and the whole thing crumbles. I guess this is what happens when you move 18 times within the span of a year. <laughs> Technical difficulties are a lot harder to manage. They can just crop up because you moved your desk. Welcome to Active Discourse, a multi-platform technology podcast. I'm Brett the Android Curious. I'm Bo, and I just want a mind-blowing phone. And Active Discourse is now never longer than 45 minutes, so let's get going. And follow-up that's not in the show notes. Uh, for those of you who chose to listen through the last episode, I appreciate it. Thank you and sorry. Um, I'm hoping that this one is a little bit better. So <laughs> mixed up a few things now, and hopefully it's <laughs> a little bit different this time. For those unaware, it was a technical issue. The sound uh, was off for Brett's mic, and it sounded like he was very angry and came from H-E double hockey sticks. Sounded very much like garbage, and I'm just going to double check. Okay, cool. The new system seems to be working as expected. So, God, I'm going to be paranoid this whole episode about that. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> okay. So, quick follow-up. Um I want to share a point that I don't think we've really talked too much about on this show, but I think is uh, interesting to consider, is the capability to use iOS apps. And I don't, how much do you even know about this whole uh, capability? Are you aware that that's a thing? I Not really. I didn't really think about it. But given that they're kind of on the same architecture now, it seems pretty obvious that they should be able to work in theory. Yeah. So back in June, when Apple announced this uh, initiative for them to you know, bring their own silicon out. Um, they also said that by default, all uh, apps that are run on iOS or on iPadOS will be in the macOS app store as well, unless you, the developer, specifically turn it off. And apparently a lot of developers turn that off. And that actually really, I think, surprises Apple, but it surprises me. So a lot of developers turn it off. Like my Reddit app that I use on iPad that I absolutely love and can't find a replacement for. It's only available on iOS and iPad. The developer actually went in and said, no, this should not be visible on Mac. But the developer community being ever so clever found out that if you sideloaded an iOS app, just literally took the raw file that you would load up that you can't you know, necessarily download. But you know, if you figured out how to get the raw iOS uh, app file and mm launch it on an m1 mac it'll install you have to do a little bit of trickery to it basically have to tell you have to go into terminal uh, type a really simple command which quarantines the app to say hey this app is good and um it runs and so i've actually sideloaded a few ios apps on my m1 mac and it's pretty sweet um so i got my reddit client i got airbnb i got uh, gmail xbox and lightroom so i'm actually probably going to be trying relatively soon here trying to play remote console games on my MacBook Air uh, using the iPadOS app. It's fascinating. Would you be able to do that with a native macOS app? Xbox, that does not exist for macOS. So it doesn't. if mm-hmm. Microsoft allowed it, it could. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't exist. I didn't know there wasn't one. Uh, yeah, and, and I don't know. I, I, I'm a little surprised that they don't allow it. But I mean, there's there's some funky stuff that does happen. Um it's not exactly perfect because it's optimized for touch. It's not optimized for mouse and keyboard, but it's, yeah. you know, there's some funky stuff, but it's fine. Um, I think, 
specifically the Reddit client that I use, uh, which is Narwhal, it should be available on the Mac uh, App Store because it actually works really, really well. Anyway, this last week, Apple actually deployed a server-side update to prevent iOS apps from being able to be installed on a, on any Mac that isn't allowed. So if the, basically they're going to listen to the, the developer's will and say, the developer has said this app is not compatible with Mac, and so you cannot install it. And it's probably the right move. I'm surprised that I could install it in the first place. Uh, but that's interesting. So they don't disable apps that you've already installed. So I have mine set up, and I'm good there. Uh, but I can't install new ones. So I'm just curious to see hmm. how long it'll take until this totally dies. Yeah, that's interesting. I would think that having the ability to run those apps in more places would be a good thing. But it on yeah. the developer side, it would mean that they have to kind of accommodate and support yet another set of screen sizes and and make sure that the app works and looks good yeah. on on another set of platforms but uh right that's totally the reason why they why they uh don't allow that but you know it is what it is so we'll see and it looks like you have some follow-up in here too what do you got well it's not really follow-up but i did buy a thing um this Mm -hmm. was actually a while ago so i've had it for for a while um i bought the google tv which is like the new um chromecast basically um so not going to eat up time in today's show for it, but uh, we can do some follow-up on it soon and talk about how that's been going. Where are you using it? Are you using the living room or a bedroom? Living room TV, yeah. Living room, so it's your primary device. Cool. Alrighty. Today, in January, Samsung released a new phone, and so we are going to talk about it, talk about the variety of phones and devices that they released. Yes, in fact, they released several phones. Yeah, several phones, several accessories. Uh, many of which I think are very interesting. Um, but I'm I'm just the Android uh, curious co-host on the podcast, and uh, our buddy Bo is kind of always in the market for a new phone. Yeah. He does, yeah, perennially searching. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I've been uh, actually roughly this episode last year. I showed you the S20, and that was the first phone that you probably would have considered because you weren't going to consider the S10, and you might have considered the S20. And- you didn't you didn't consider it and nothing since <laughs> yeah, not either at all not so, at all <laughs> let's see let's see what this one does yep another year here we go <laughs> this one uh is the galaxy s21 because that's how numbers work you go s9 s10 s20 20, hmm. 21 <laughs> yeah yeah There's i was a... glad to see they didn't jump to the s30 because it it sounded like there there were some rumors that they were going to do 20, 30, 40. I'm not sure how that would have worked. So I'm, I'm right. glad they just started going with the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, tell us about it. So the S21, there are three variants. We got the S21, the base model. We got a Plus and we got an Ultra. They are down in price compared to last year. So they're starting uh, at the base model at 800 and then the plus is a thousand, and the ultra is one thousand two hundred. So two hundred dollars between them. It makes a lot of sense. And then, of course, storage. The more you want, the more you're going to pay. Because as we'll get into later, this phone is missing something that may require you to do that. Yeah. So the the interesting thing, and and 
Apple does this for their devices as well, but Samsung has actually very good trade-in deals if you have an older Samsung device. So given that I have an S9 Plus, which is now three generations old, I could actually get $350 trade-in value to Samsung if I order pre-order the S21. Yeah, that's good. So that's pretty good. I mean, I don't even if I sold the S9 Plus myself, there's no way I'd get $350 for it. There's no way. Whenever I see these, because uh, a lot of manufacturers do this, but Samsung definitely does seem to be the most generous with it. Whenever I see these, I always jump onto Swappa and look at the prices for phones that I could buy there. And I think you can buy an S10 for $350. And the S10, just for perspective, I think Samsung would give you like $500 for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, like your S9 Plus, you could probably sell for like 250 to 300 maybe at most. At most, I'd say. But anyway. And then on top of that, they have discounts for education and military and things like that. So that would, if I were considering this phone, and I'm not sure yet, mm-hmm. that would cut my price down to 428 618 or 808 So it cuts it down by quite a bit. And then on top of that, they actually have some bonuses that you get with it. You get $100 or $150 or $200 instant credit to Samsung for things like accessories. And then a little smart tag, which is like a tile competitor. Mm -hmm. And then you get four months premium YouTube music. So they throw in Mm -hmm. quite a lot of benefits, especially if you have an existing Samsung device that you want to trade in. And you can trade in a tablet or or an old watch or some, you know, pretty much any Samsung device and then other brands too they accept. So, I will say that they are very generous like you said about trade-ins and discounts. So, that lowers the price quite a yeah. bit. So then the question becomes what are you getting for that price? And that's what we should get into right now. So, starting at the actual phone and what you'd be holding, the materials. We've talked about this a little bit before, maybe on opposite sides at some points. Mm-hmm. The base model S21 now is actually plastic, and the Plus and the Ultra are glass. So I have kind of sided on plastic because I think it is a great material for phones, but what do you think about this change? I'm, I'm a little torn, um, but I'm feeling a little bit more okay with it because of the fact that it comes with an actual reduce in price. Um, I can't quite remember what the baseline... Do you remember what the baseline S20 cost last year? Yeah. I th- I think it was across the board $200 off, so that I think it would be about $1,000. Let's just compare it directly to the Note 20, which is a really close comp- uh, competitor to it. It's $200 cheaper than the Note 20. And my biggest complaint about the $1,000 Note 20, not the $1,200 Note 20 Ultra, I think, or more, I can't remember, um, is the fact that a $1,000 phone with plastic just feels, something feels wrong there. Like the price just seems wrong there. Uh, I'm, I'm also curious to hold it as well. Um, I think since last we spoke about this with the Note 20, I do have a lot more appreciation for a lighter phone as well. The iPhone mini has very much helped me feel more heavily weighted towards a lighter phone. And plastic would do that here. And that's more acceptable, especially if you're going to put a case on it. So interesting. Yeah. I almost would like to see plastic on the higher end models too. Because glass is great, but it it breaks easily. And you're going a lot of places with these phones and 
plastic is is very durable and you can make plastic that that looks good and feels good so i also would like to see what it looks like in person the base model versus the plus or the ultra with the glass i do want to see a comparison but um especially for the price i think plastic's a good a good choice there i don't think it's the downgrade that a lot of people are saying it is yeah i i don't really fault it too much i think that um some change is necessary i want to i want to talk about the screens as quickly as possible honestly so there's a few things that are going on with the screens here and it's something that i would want i wanted in the iphone 12 series that i did not end up getting which is a uh faster refresh rate but also a dynamic refresh rate as well so um, mm-hmm. both the S21 and S21 plus and ultra all have a variable refresh rate, at least from 48 Hertz up to 120 and it will variably update. And my experience is the fact that my iPad pro has that and it's fantastic. I always notice the faster refresh rate because it, you know, it triggers when you're scrolling, it, uh, triggers, I think in a few certain games, Um, But when you're just staring at the screen, like if you're watching a 30 hertz refresh uh, video, for example, on your iPad, it only uses 30. And so it doesn't need to use the extra battery to give you literally no extra performance when you're just watching a movie. And so they're doing this on their phones. And that's what Apple will eventually do on their uh, iPhones. But it's apparently not now. It's in the future. And I'm happy that Samsung's doing this now. And the fact that uh, the S21 and S21 Plus have a lower resolution screen to do it, and when I say lower resolution, means that it's 1080p, which is like 400-some PPI, that's fine. That's a great trade-off, I think. Um, I don't know if people are upset about the lower screen resolution, but I don't think they should be. I don't think they should be either. I agree with you. I think there are people who are saying that this is another one of the downgrades, and... I think I would definitely prefer high refresh rate mm-hmm. and especially an adaptable refresh rate over the higher resolution. Right. Every day. Because in the sizes of these phones, even on the bigger ones, you're not getting all that much benefit from having 1440p or, or even higher than that. Some of them are 2K or 4K. And, and on this size of a screen, on a phone, you're just not getting that much benefit from that resolution. So right. I think the refresh rate is far more important than the, the resolution. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then each of these screens also have a higher peak brightness. And so that'll be really, really great for, uh, HDR content as well. We're rapidly getting to a point with our screens where they're just beautiful little HDR devices. So that's pretty sweet. I don't know if you mentioned the, the ultra actually goes all the way down to 10 Hertz. No, I didn't. That's fantastic. The, the base and the plus only go down to 48. The, the ultra model will go all the way down to 10 yeah that's fantastic i also wonder whether or not apple just waited to put this in their phones because of the fact that they're probably going to buy the panels from samsung and they didn't have this feature uh last year for samsung devices and so i wonder whether or not they couldn't get it from samsung last year they i mean they couldn't because samsung didn't have it in their phones so hmm interesting yeah. curious a bit reliant on a competitor there <laughs> all right so the camera bump i think that this is a this is definitely the best looking camera bump on the market. 
it's actually quite nice. Uh, it looks like it's carved out of the phone. And I think that's cool. It's big. And I can't help but wonder, like, can we just get a flat back and fill that extra space with battery or whatever? Maybe a I've audio jack? I've always thought that. Yeah. I've always thought yeah. that. I don't know why we don't I've do never that. been a big fan of camera bumps. This one, at first glance, I was pretty much revolted by. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't think it's as bad as I originally thought. I've yeah. looked at the phone a little bit more, and I I do think it looks pretty good because it like it does kind of blend into the sides. It looks like the sides just kind of extend over the back in that top corner. But yeah, I just I mean, flat back would be great. Yeah, and extra battery would be great. There has to be some kind of technical reason, or maybe mm-hmm. they're just still on the like. Thin phones are better train. I'm not sure. You know what would probably get us that flat back when they have to shove a whole extra like rolling screen and a phone that has to stretch out into that that extra part that the camera bump doesn't fold into? Yeah. I hope someone's working on that. Yeah. My, what would really <laughs> make me angry is if we get a rolling phone that can stretch out to whatever size you want it to be, and yet we still have a camera bump. How dumb would that be? Ugh. Now it's going to happen. Now it's going to happen. I've spoken Now we know it's going to happen. Right. <laughs> it, it it looks pretty cool. It's awfully large, but, you know, whatever. I think it's uh, yeah. it's a clever way. Um, it, at least we're getting away from kind of the really ugly camera bumps that we had before. I think it's still going to be divisive. Yeah. yeah. But it, it looks pretty good. Yeah. So cameras, I don't know. You tell me about what you think about the cameras because it seems like it's just a year-over-year increase, right? Yeah. I, I don't think I'm the guy to talk to for camera quality really i don't pay that much attention to the cameras uh i don't use my camera all that much so i i do know they made huge improvements though this year over last because last year they they got hit pretty hard for missing a few important features like auto uh, i think laser autofocus or or stabilization or something something there was missing with the s20 and so those cameras did not go over well with the people who really wanted them to go over yeah. well with this year's cameras they have that laser autofocus and the amount of power that's in these cameras is insane coming from someone who doesn't really know all that much about cameras other than uh, the generals but it's got pretty cool feature in the software where you can actually use what they call i think director view and you can see all of your cameras at the same time so you get an exact view of, like, if you were going to switch between your cameras, you can see what that camera view is going to look like before you switch. So there's ones with various levels of zoom, uh, three times, ten times, a hundred times, and then various other things. So so that's pretty cool. Yeah. I want to mention the hundred zoom, uh, which is all digital. It's not an actual huge uh barrel inside that lens Mm. it's just all digital i refuse to pay any attention to that i know that all the marketing is saying you can zoom in up to 100x that's bull i watched some of the demos of it and the even the demos from samsung don't make it look anything particularly interesting um but to me i think that they're the 3x and 10x hardware lenses on the ultra is neat I, and I think will result in a much more usable in just, uh, image, a much more usable image. And uh, both of those will get dramatically better results than this whatever 100x zoom that they're, you know, marketing. Mm-hmm. So, and that was the same last year. From what I understand, the 100x zoom last year was, well, you can do it, sure, but uh, you shouldn't. <laughs> so. 
So you're telling me I'm not going to see the the United States flag on the moon with this zoom. Anyway, lack of micro SD. I think this was inevitable, but what do you think? Uh it's it's a it's a big bummer, but for me it's not a total deal breaker. Okay. They have a three levels of storage basically on the Ultra. I think the the plus and the base one you can only get up to 256 gigs. Uh the Ultra will go all, all the way up to 512 gigs. It's not too bad. I don't know. For me, it's, it wouldn't make me not get it if if everything else was where it needed to be. But it's removing yet another feature that is consumer friendly, and it seems like that's the big thing right now is just to remove features year after year and boil us slowly <laughs> until the phones are completely bland and anemic. We just get rocks. I guess. Yeah. Just literally know, a brick. The micro SD cards. I think I got burned by a few micro SD cards a while back, and it they just they just scare me. I actually had so I have an SD card in my camera, and I actually for whatever reason had a couple images corrupt. I've never seen images just corrupt on my computers or on my iPhone or whatever. I, at least I don't think I've ever just seen a, a uh, image corrupt, and it corrupted on my camera. And I've only had it for less than a year, and. I don't know. Uh, SD cards scare the hell out of me. <laughs> and so... Yeah, I can't speak to that. I've never had that happen to me. Right. It, it's rare these days, I know, but just SD is kind of a volatile system. They're they're cheap. And when they're cheap, they, they're more prone to fail, eh, from what I understand. I don't know. You might be buying, buying the wrong micro SDs. <laughs> the, I mean, there's, it's a SanDisk SD that I have in my camera it's fine it, it seems like it's fine mm. i don't know yeah the well the 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 big thing there with sd is that with the ever increasing size of pictures and videos because of yeah. the higher resolutions that storage that's built in is gonna go pretty quick if you use those high quality options true very true so you might have a half a terabyte in that maxed out ultra but that's going to go very fast if you start recording top quality video. Oh, very much so. Very much so. And there's, yeah, yeah these these phones aren't ready for people to record uh, even 4K video at 60 frames per second. God, most people's phones aren't don't have nearly enough space for that. I'd say 512 if you really intend to use it a lot. You're, that's the minimum. And that's also the maximum mm-hmm. in this case, too. So that's too bad. So what is MST? Tell no. me what that is and... What's up with it? Yeah, so on top of the past few years where, uh, you know, it kind of started, I guess, with the headphone jack, uh, removing that, and then uh, micro SD and whatever else they've decided to uh, strip from the new devices, this year they've gone a bridge too far. <laughs> Samsung removed MST, which in my opinion was the differentiating feature of any Samsung device. Okay. So... MST, it's uh, Magnetic Secure Transmission. So it's it's the tech in the phone that Samsung actually acquired from a company called LoopPay that had kind of invented this and developed the devices. And Samsung integrated it in their phones so that you could use your phone to pay at any old credit card swiping machine. <laughs> because what it yep. does it is, is it emulates that magnetic field and tricks the device into thinking you swiped a credit card. Yeah, that makes sense. I remember that now. Mm -hmm. Samsung has now removed that, which, you know, maybe that's fine for most first world countries, but in the U.S., we are so far behind other countries like 
Canada and, and nations in Europe that it's embarrassing. We are so far behind with credit card machines. I mean, for one, it's really weird when you think about it that we have to hand our credit card over to a waiter at a restaurant and they just go off and dilly-daddle with mm-hmm. it for like 10 minutes. When I went to Canada, they brought a handheld machine to you, handled the card right there in front of you and gave it back. It never left your sight. And that's how most modern countries handle this. And in the U.S., we're still passing cards off to people and they run around with it and, and we're still using magnetic strips. We're starting to get chips now, but the real deal would be tap and pay. And the U.S. is still very, very far behind on that type of thing. So removing MST is a big deal for me because I use it all the time. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do about that. Uh, I did happen to see that the people behind Loop Pay have started another tech venture called OV Loop. And they are kind of starting to re-release, I guess, or re-implement some of that stuff. And I don't, I, I did pre-order one of those, a uh, little card, and I'm hoping that will keep me going. And I'll, I'll see how that works, but maybe that'll help me get off of the kind of the Samsung Pay dependency. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. And when I get it, uh, it it's sh- not shipping until April, but when I get it, later this year, uh, we can talk about it on the show because that, that looks like it's going to fill that, that void. That'd be pretty cool. And we'll see how that goes. But I, I am bummed out by this one especially. You know what you could do actually is you could get a Galaxy S20 and just hold on to that for dear life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Last year's model. That still has it, right? Yes. The S21 is the first one to remove it. The the Note's up until now. Hey, you know the Note 20 is a good device. The, sorry, the Note 20 Ultra is a pretty great device. That that still has it. Hold on to that for hour. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's not the newest one. Well, the Note is currently, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's a bummer. Big drag. I'm going to cry about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, I... Hopefully, uh, tap to pay just does start to become a little bit more commonplace. It, there's a few large places that need to accept it. I don't think Walmart specifically accepts tap to pay. Interestingly enough, Walmart, Home Depot, and I believe even Lowe's all pretty much they found some way to specifically block the MST used by Samsung. Oh Jesus! Okay. Well, yeah hugely frustrating can't imagine you shop at those places a ton anyway but uh walmart never yeah um home depot and lowe's every once in a while when i need something yeah when when you have a house you'll shop at those places a little bit more but yeah hey that's a bummer man um i guess the long-term solution is that you know places need to accept uh more forms of payment more frequently but yeah and the u.s needs to get on board with uh the past they're still stuck in like the ancient past. <laughs> we got to catch up a little bit here. Yeah. I'm very interested to see how OV loop does for you when you get your trial and or uh, the first product in April. I don't know. I don't know. I think that that is, uh, it seems like it's a hack that might be prone to failure, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm open to trying it because it's right. always, it's, it's worked very well for me in yeah. my Samsung phone. Yeah. And it's the same it's the people behind the original technology. So right. I, I have some level of faith that they're going to be able to implement it, you know, 
somewhat well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the real thing is they need to get banks on board. Um, right. So they're going through the same process that Samsung, Google, and Apple have all done, and, and LG, uh, mm-hmm. anyone who has their own pay app or wallet app. So they, they have to get banks on board. So also see how that goes. Right. We'll talk about that in a future episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep me in the loop on that. Yeah. In the loop. Ah. <laughs> it just come to me natural and I didn't even realize it. Yeah. So let's let's get out of the internals of the phone. I think we covered all of that. Yeah. You uh, seem to like the colors that Samsung goes with. So I'm always excited whenever a manufacturer comes out with a ton of different colors just to see what all different colors uh, are possible. Specifically, these are really quite nice um it confuses me a little bit that the, all the colors aren't available for all the models uh you know the ultra has a few really nice dark colors the s21 has a few really nice light colors uh and for whatever reason the s21 plus has like the fewest of any colors but um, i'm just glad that they have more colors and uh i just i long for the day a uh, long, long while back, you know, this is a very nostalgic podcast, uh, 2013, where the Moto X came out and you could customize it with some wild back. Oh, yeah. Your imagination was essentially the limit for what you could do with the back of those of those phones. And it just remains to be one of the coolest ideas um, I've seen in a long while. And I want that again. You know, I honestly thought back then that Motorola was about to take off. Yeah. It was such a consumer friendly idea. Like they, they had that yeah, it was like a new factory down in Texas in the US. So it was like they went hard on this whole like American made thing and they had all these different materials that you could choose from, finishes, colors, so cool. And I, I honestly thought like that was gonna be the big thing. Yeah. And Motorola was gonna make a comeback. And yeah, they, they found a different market to work with over many several years they're they're still around but they're a very mm. different company than they are today very and the, that was back when they were owned by google yep yep and they have now been handed off to lenovo so they've gone through different ownership as well yeah i want to talk about motorola more we're i think this year we should dive into all different sorts of android manufacturers and talk about where, what they're doing these days and uh what they're good at so but i think more on more motorola later it doesn't quite sound like you're interested in the uh s21 huh what are are your thoughts on the s21 so to kind of boil it down if they had not removed mst i would be buying it i would have already bought it wow but the fact that they they removed mst is making me hesitate a lot because at this point that that feature was huge to me and removing that means that while there's a lot of other software stuff on galaxies that i like lg still has mst oh wow okay <laughs> as of now uh they're the only one that that does it they're the only other company that has Ooh. mst uh, for paying so i'm not saying i'm gonna go out and buy an lg because we've talked a lot in the last two episodes <laughs> yeah. about how terrible lg is more to come but I don't know. It's an option. And so like now I'm at the point where like, do I even stick to Samsung or at this point, it's like if Samsung's trying to be Apple so hard, why don't I just get an iPhone? Mm, interesting. <laughs> interesting. You know, it's, you know, so they've, they've really hurt themselves a lot more than you might think at first glance, at least for me. So lay this out for me. Obviously I do quite like the way iOS works and the, 
the build of iPhones and how Apple makes their products. That said, I do like iOS more and I can't really think about, you know, what if iOS was available on a Samsung phone, but you do have the capability to think about Android on a OnePlus phone or on a Motorola phone or a Nokia phone. Are you Mm -hmm. more of an Android user or are you more of a Samsung user? Which one, what camp do you follow? Mm. Well, it's become more Samsung because I like a lot of their software features, but definitely Android because I, I would totally switch to another manufacturer. It's just that Samsung leads the Android market by a pretty wide margin in terms of hardware quality, software quality. They have a lot more coherent package these days than their competitors, which I, if I would have told myself that five or six years ago, I probably would have not believed it, but they are the leader by a wide margin when you look at the the overall package but at this point like sony sounds very compelling but they still have that issue of u.s bans so getting full carrier coverage in the u.s is pretty uh tricky or just isn't there so at this point i i like the s21 it looks good and i i'm three years into the s9 so uh i could do with an upgrade but you did it removing st mst is a and micro sd those they cut a few more strings than i might be willing to bear i don't know okay well that's that'll help me uh in uh the next several conversations we have so it does it seem like your s9 is feeling old nowadays or is it you think you know it's actually still killing it really (laughs) it's a great phone all right uh actually like the only thing i've even found myself um, kind of thinking about an upgrade for is because of the screen. Because, mm. you know, after a while, you start to get more oil on it. It's harder to clean. The the coating wears off. Uh, <laughs> We're in the same boat. <laughs> I, can, I can tell it's just, it's starting to get there. Yeah. And that's really the only thing I've ever found myself saying, man, this thing's getting old. starting to age. Yeah. Like everything else about it is still great. That's funny. We were in the exact same situation with my iPhone. I was in the exact same situation with my iPhone 10. That's funny. Uh-huh. The screen was uh, getting harder to clean and uh, certain parts of it seemed like they uh, were taking up fingerprints a little bit easier. It's crazy. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll uh, stay on new phone watch for you then. Well, we're we're holding a candlelight vigil for you. Yeah. I know this is a hard conversation. I, I still am considering the S21. I'm not yeah. ruling it out completely, uh-huh. uh, especially because of the the OV loop uh, thing. Yeah. Um, so maybe the, the pair of them will add up to what the S9 was. Maybe. But I haven't ruled it out. Still looking at it. We'll keep considering. And we'll, of course, update oh, yeah. when I make a decision. Okay, so uh, rounding out the show, let's uh, pick some stuff for our for us to recommend. What are you recommending today? I am recommending a YouTube channel called JCS Criminal Psychology. Uh, that stands for uh, Jim Can't Swim, I believe, or John Can't Swim. I okay, forget. interesting. I, I'm not sure why it's called that, but <laughs> Criminal Psychology. So fascinating. Yeah. So the the whole uh, YouTube channel is like full of. I mean, he's been doing it for about a year, but there's a bunch of videos there about uh, various criminals. So a lot of them are murderers and former, you know, formerly normal people who killed someone or or tried to hire a hitman or whatever it was. 
Um, like for, one of them is Casey Anthony, which is a pretty famous case. And so what this channel does is he goes through the interrogation videos of various criminals and he talks about the techniques used by the interrogators, by law enforcement, talks about the mental process of the criminal, um, what they're kind of going through and uh, just kind of the, the psychology of psychopaths and things wow. like that. So it's, it's really interesting and it's it's all it fits right along with this whole fad like netflix is going big on like all these documentaries about missing people and serial killers and so this is a very interesting channel so it's it's got videos that are like 20 minutes long it's got some that are like an hour long the most recent one from three weeks ago is two hours long and that one is called wrath of jody so i'm not familiar with whatever crime this is looks like it's jody arias so very interesting stories and and does a good analysis of all of this all of these criminals wow very very captivating stuff wow yeah sounds dark (laughs) it's i mean yeah i mean the subject matter obviously yes but it's i don't see it as dark really i just it's very interesting getting into the psychology and analysis of all of this i've since uh 2020 honestly i've had such a actually no since 2017 honestly when donald trump got into office i've had such a tough time watching dark or sad or just vile not vile that's not a vile show that you just talked about but like just i don't like thinking about humanity i need an escape (laughs) (laughs) when the whole world is on fire all every day basically it's uh sometimes you just want a fire extinguisher yeah it's it i've wanted to rewatch breaking bad for a while but because it's such a great show but god it's it's just so dark (laughs) Uh, i think i think people have different it, things affect people differently. Like I, I don't, I don't really get weighed down by things like that. So um, I didn't normally because things are going pretty flipping good, you know, for several yeah, true. years. You there. had some balance, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were able yeah. to outweigh it with reality. Yeah. Yeah. When Saturday Night Live is more or less just saying the exact same words that the president says. Uh, and it's funny, apparently, um, you know, that is uh, <laughs> a different world to live in. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping that, you know, being able to watch something like that uh, in the next few years is possible, at least, because I just can't see myself watching a. I can't. Even, I can't watch any murder uh, crime shows. My wife still watches a little bit, a few CSI's things, and I just, I just can't even get my head around that. But <laughs> someday, someday soon, I bet we'll things will be looking up a little bit. We'll all be able to go back outside and go into bars. Oh, for sure. It's a matter of hours now. It's a matter of hours. Yeah, it's, you're so confident in that. Um, <laughs> Just, it's going to be like flipping a light switch. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right. So, you know, something a little bit lighter. In case you want to choose, uh, think about something lighter. And I'm always late on the late to the game on this one. And I'm, I apologize for being so late to the game on this. But uh, I'm going to recommend Shit's Creek today. And uh, obviously, I know. I'm very far behind on this one. But anyway, um, I will be done with Schitt's Creek in the next like week or so. It's a very short series. It's like six seasons. Each of the episodes are like 20 minutes. There's only 13 episodes per season. So it's it's a quick, easy, lighthearted show about 
rich people who lost all their money because their business owner, their accountant essentially stole money from them and moved to Barbados or something like that and was able to get away with all their money. And so now these rich folks need to uh, figure out how to live without money in their lives. And it's just absolutely fascinating. So Eugene Levy, in case you know who he is, he's the, the father from American Pie. Uh, and a lot of other famous movies. But, I mean, people my generation probably know him as that. And, actually, his family is in the show as well. So his son is his son in the show. His daughter is a a bartender, a waitress-slash-bartender in the show as well. That's a very main character as well. Well, I guess we know what his favorite child is. (laughs) Yeah, that's fascinating that uh, his son (laughs) is so heavily involved and his daughter is, I mean, involved, but not as much as the son. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's just a it's a family of rich assholes, essentially, that don't have money. And the reason why they have moved to Schitt's Creek is because of the fact that, like, years ago, the father bought his son a town. And it was a joke. And now, all of a sudden, when the government repossesses their lives, they're like, oh, yeah, we have this title. Um, It's yours if you want it. It's this title it's the deed to a town and we don't we don't want it so it's yours and so you know they go get to know the mayor of the town and uh the mayor of the town is as you can imagine a weird guy and yeah it's a small town story essentially of rich folks trying to escape the small town and it's just Mm -hmm. absolutely delightful absolutely delightful i mean if if you like parks and rec or the good place this is the show to watch it's 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 in the exact same spirit as those shows. It's fantastic. That's tempting because I really liked Parks and Rec and The Good Place. You will love this show. It's so... Uh, did you like Scrubs as well, by the way? No. Okay. I've never really watched Scrubs, so it's it's made by the same folks who made Scrubs. God, it feels so much more like Parks and Rec. Like, even... I wonder whether or not the cinematographer is the same guy. I haven't looked this up, but um, the jump cuts between scenes is actually extremely similar as well. So, anyway, amazing show. It's available on Netflix. Mm. Check it out. Yeah, it's... it's I, I think it's been in my list for a while because I think I see it the same way I saw Scrubs since you mentioned that like scrubs is something that i probably should have liked but it just was off somehow it just did not do it i will have to take your recommendation into consideration and yes. maybe check this show out yes it's i i'm behind the game I'm, I'm behind the ball on it as well i mean this show was making its rounds i think early last year um because it was just before the final season but you know Everything everything happens eventually, <laughs> and me watching Shits Creek, Creek finally happened. So, well, if you're late to the game, I don't know what I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, that's a, honestly a story for another day. Honestly, because of the fact that <laughs> the availability of all sorts of different great shows makes it so hard to just you know take anyone's recommendation. Honestly, but again, story for another day because that's a lot of media available. So. Thank you for listening. Um, If you want to share any feedback, questions, or topic suggestions, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. We are at Active Discourse. And uh, we'll be back again in February. Unless, of course, this audio quality sounds like terrible, or it sounds terrible, and I have to uh, uh, beg Bo to jump on the microphone again to hide hide the terrible previous episode. (laughs) I don't think that'll happen, (laughs) though. Um, I, I... 
I, we're good. I think we. I think we're good this time. We, we should be well set up. The ghost in the machine. Yes, the ghost in the machine is gone. So we'll be back in February. Hopefully, maybe uh, there'll be uh, some LG news to talk about and um, see whether or not the G10 is a thing for Bo to consider. We'll, you know, we'll see what's what's floating around February, and uh, we'll talk to you then. So until then, stay safe. See you in the next one. Bye.